Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 117th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast. My name is Al Manorino. I'm the managing editor of thepopbreak.com, which started in New Jersey, and I think that makes so much sense for this episode where we are taking a deep dive into Disney Plus's Miss Marvel, and I can't do that without the co-host of this podcast, the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com, Mr. Bill Bodkin. I will mess this website up every single time that we talk. Mr. Bill Bodkin. What's going on? You've literally been here for nine years. You've yeah, had whatever. multiple positions. I've nope. you know sent you off to wonderful destinations, including San Diego Comic Con. Oh, don't bring that pro- up. Where you don't proposed- bring that up. You proposed to your wife at San Diego. Comic-Con, I did. So let's let's not have bad memories about that. <laughs> but true. you know, I am the one who is living on a prayer because I live like seconds from the John Bon Jovi rest stop, minutes from John Bon Jovi's uh, um, home, a childhood home. And I interviewed him in one of the weirdest interviews of my life. But we're not here to talk about, just talk about Bon Jovi, because we will. I'll make it happen. So often it hurts. We are here to talk to someone very special. Al, as always, you deliver the goods when it comes to great interviews and special guests. Why don't you introduce our special guest for this episode? Yeah, our special guest this week is the author of Spider-Man Social Dilemma, a new young adult series a new book coming out of three-part series um where uh yeah we're gonna get more spider-man and more spider-man for young adults which is uh needed for someone who has a three-year-old and is obsessed obsessed with superheroes and uh bill you also have a young child who is uh, getting very obsessed with uh people like squirrel girl and miss marvel yeah, this author, this this author also wrote has written a number of things about the Avengers, Star Wars. Uh, without further ado, Al, let's 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 bring her in. Everyone, please welcome Prithi Chibber. Hi. Hey, oh, wow. I'm so so happy you're here. And I did I miss it's it so, up? I messed so it up. Right? You're so, so close. close. I know. And we talked about this at length, right? Like ten. <laughs> Maybe 10 minutes of, of we all right. Read, so we redid so, the whole intro. So too. I know we're not redoing this. So no, for no. every for everyone at home and for me, please state your name for the audience. Hi, my name is Preeti Chibber. Preeti. Preeti. And this is a friend of mine, but you can understand that this is a as what we call an internet friend, someone yep. I literally only talk to on Twitter and uh, one of the coolest people that I've actually met on the internet. But um, for people who have not heard of you, have not heard of this book, which is coming out very soon, right? Like dr- drastically it's soon. like four days. Oh, five my days. God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Just let the audience uh, at home know a little bit about you. I know you've been everywhere from sci-fi and podcasts and things like that. So if you can give us like your quick, you know, r- yeah. resume rundown so people <laughs> can find uh, more of you after they hear how awesome you are. I didn't know if you know this, but this is a job interview too. So it is. Like, huh? we'd, love, we'd love to hear about you. <laughs> oh, what do I start? No. Okay. Yes. So I write kids books. I write all of my favorite characters, which is very exciting. Great. Like the Avengers Assembly series, which is Ms. Marvel, uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man and Squirrel Girl. Uh, this new Spider-Man Social Dilemma, which is the first book in a trilogy. I also write comics. I've written Zatanna and Black Cat. Star Wars, and then I also write original fiction. Usually it's YA. Uh, I do podcasting, and yeah, you can. I'm I'm an extremely online person. <laughs> I feel like so. Usually it's like <laughs> you can follow me at Run with Skizzers, and it's a lot of talking about fandoms. And I think 
someone called me once a walking exclamation point, and that is sort of my brand, I think. I love that. I absolutely love that. And uh, you've, uh, yeah, like you said, you mentioned that you've also written for comics. I believe you did someone also with, the, was it Marvel Voices? Yeah, I did the Women of Marvel. Women of Marvel. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah so uh, your work can be found everywhere. And, uh, you know, we're going to get into uh, your latest book, which comes out in four days. And we know that you're on deadlines, too, with other things. So we're not going to try to take up too, too much of your time. But we do want to talk well, about uh, a character that me and you have loved since her inception. Bill yes. was introduced to her a little bit later, but kind of instantly fell in love with the Disney Plus series. So, you know, we're going to kind of talk all things Miss Marvel. And, and really the first, you know, First question I have for you, obviously you were a fan of the comics when they came out, but how impactful was that run of comics for you? And as a little sneak preview, the author of that comic actually said something pretty nice about your upcoming book. So yeah, would love to know that like how, what, what is the, I guess the original run of Miss Marvel mean to you? I, everything. I think that comic changed my life. Like what G. Willow Wilson, Sana uh, Amana, and Adrian Alfona did in that first run was truly revolutionary. I think I'd never seen such personal themes and like intensively recognizable storytelling on the page ever in my life. Like I grew up, I'm clearly a huge Spider-Man fan. Like Peter Parker is my jam, I identify with him. I think he is one of the most relatable superheroes through all of these other things. Like it's his fallibility, his, you know, desperate commitment to doing good, his continuing screwing up, like all of those things make him so relatable, right? Kamala Khan was all of that and South Asian and a child of immigrants and all these like pieces of recognizability that they were able to pull into such a massively like interesting and fun character and story like I don't think I would be writing comics if it wasn't for that book wow and and you know you mentioned Sana Sana was the actual inspiration for the character correct mm -hmm. I, 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 and that can be seen on the Disney Plus. Uh, there's a Disney Plus docu series mm -hmm. uh, where you can actually learn about the history of Miss Marvel, and uh, we'll put that in the show notes because I cannot remember for the life of me the name of it. Uh, I think it's, it's I don't think it's Marvel Voices, but I'll I'll double check. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes. But anyway, regardless, um, and and I did mention uh, G G Willow Wilson, co-creator. Uh, like you're friends with her like, you're <laughs> friends with her kind of the way that me and you are friends basically yeah, we're, we're inter internet friends it's weird because it's like I was such a huge fan for so long and then I remember the day she like followed me back on Twitter I was like what's happening <laughs> incredible and, and she's so kind and so so yeah she said some really really nice things about spider-man's social dilemma which like when i slid into her dms to ask if she'd read it i think i went you can say no to this but i have a question for you <laughs> <laughs> oh man and and you uh for for those who are you know, unfamiliar. She actually makes a cameo in the in the final yeah. episode, which was great to see. She's one of the uh, the many people uh, on online talking about 
uh, Miss Marvel, what, you know, where they're, they're kind of doing this uh, montage of people on like TikTok and and Instagram Live and things like that. So uh, it was really cool to see that as as a nerd uh, as, and a, a, a wrestling term that I've now learned from this podcast. I popped when that happened. I uh, did not know that term until uh, until Bill told me about it. But me and uh, me and Amanda like beat that into your head. You did. You very, really very much did. did. So really and did. you know, go, you know, going back to to Miss Marvel. I guess before we get into the actual show, you know, seeing that series come to life through the pages of comics and that run, did you ever think that we were going to see her in live action and, and on top of that, see her done like kind of perfectly that, (laughs) that it did with this series? I feel like it was inevitable. I don't know. I feel like the minute Kamala Khan was, it feels like popular from the minute she came out. Right. Like I remember seeing kids dressed up as her at Comic-Con in like 2014, which is like a Mm. year after her uh, debut, which is, I feel like very unheard of, you know, she's a comic book character. They're not the most accessible things on the planet, but she broke through the noise in such a way. And they were so quick to use her in so many other mediums, whether it's the cartoons or the video games or, or whatever it is. It seemed like it was a matter of time. And then in terms of like whether they would do it with care, like the second they announced the creative team with uh, Bisha K. Ali, who is wonderful. And like, of course, Sana is heavily, heavily involved. It it was I felt like she was going to be in wonderful hands, like everybody who created her seemed like they were on board and. It just felt like they understood how important she is. And so, yeah, let's get a little bit into the the series itself. And, you know, we'll talk about the casting and everything, which is, I mean, again, maybe the most spot on Marvel casting since Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yes, um, agree. Like, legitimately. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the big controversies, if you can even call it that going in, was, you know, that they were going to kind of change up the origin, change up the powers uh, more specifically, which is kind of the first ish time that they were doing that in the MCU with a major character. Was that like, was that a, um, a red flag for you in any way? Or did you feel? Listen, I feel like we all survived Spider-Man's organic webbing. Like we can survive Ms. Marvel's slight power shifting. Like if she had, you know, it was a very specific reason that in the comics, she became part of the Inhumans. I think the intention would have always been something else. And so I don't, it's like the combination of that and knowing what a TV budget body horror stretchy arms would look like. Yeah. That I'm a hundred percent okay with the, the, the powers change for all of these other reasons. Yeah. And there's more of a connection to there, or they're, you know, at least attempting to make more of a connection with Captain Marvel Mm -hmm. and, and the Marvels, which is, we, we know, on the horizon again popped again at the end episode when that happened <laughs> did not think that was going to happen um but yeah so i guess bill since you are hey. actively involved in this podcast as well um <laughs> oh, yeah, man. not not having read the comics only knowing the the character i believe from the uh from one of the animated oh, I, children's shows right no i i learned about it i'll keep the names out so okay. I was unemployed. This, that that happened a lot at, during there. a certain period. Um, so I was having uh, lunch with a good friend of mine, and he's like, "Hey, I'm writing a script for Miss Marvel. 
He's like, I am pitching, going to pitch this. And I'm like, Miss Marvel. So I immediately went to Carol Danvers. I'm like, oh, yeah. wait, is that? Um, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I think I I think I had her Marvel card, which is my stock line for everything. Oh. And it, he's just like, no. And so he explains the whole thing to me. And I'm like, well, I'm like, OK, superhero from New Jersey. Great. Perfect. Awesome. And he even said, I think like they there was a, a one issue where they go to our hometown of Edison, New Jersey. And I was just like, I was like, oh, God, this is great. And, it, and he was thinking of just shooting like a little spec thing for it. And then I never heard about it again until the show came out. And he told me, he's like, oh, yeah, I was in the running to have my story as this. And he, I was like, oh, man, because he's also of, of like South Asian uh, descent as well. So he's just like, he's like, ah, oh, he was, he was so close. So I, so I, that's how I first heard about it. So when it came in that they were going to go forward with this, I was like, I was like, yes, a superhero set in New Jersey. That's all I need. Like, let's, let's make this happen. And there is some establishing shots. Like one of it's like the park across from where one of my best friends lives and there's like buildings, but like, we all know that's Atlanta. <laughs> we know. <laughs> like, we're, like all my friends are watching, we're like, this isn't like what's going on here. Where's that? Where's the Ticonderoga pencil factory that became an apartment complex? Come on. Uh, but so I was very excited when I saw the, um, the effects in the first trailer. Um, I was like, well, at least they didn't make her Mr. Fantastic because then I always go back to my buddy who used to work at Marvel in the nineties when the, um, Roger Corman oh fantastic God. four came out and he said, yeah, there's a scene where Mr. Fantastic's waving goodbye and his sleeve cuts off and you can see the broomstick that's in there. <laughs> so I'm just like, listen, I think it'll be okay. <laughs> um, and they kind of did get that at, in the last episode. So I, I thought that was like a nice, like, okay, they did get it, but they weren't going to give it away up front, which I'm very happy because trailers these days, I think give away way too much up front. Like Al and I were in, we're watching Thor Love and Thunder the first time and we watched the trailer for nope and we're like i feel like half you were like did they just show the whole movie yeah was this just a highlight i wasn't a reel? fan of that yeah i mean it's there's it's still probably an amazing movie but you can't you just you see it's like wow this is so much given away like why but i'm glad they didn't give that away they gave away just just enough for me that I was super excited. And I'm actually reading the first comic book right now. Oh, it's so awesome. good. I read, so good. I bought it from my daughter. She wasn't reading it. So I'm like, well, I'm going to read it. And then Wolverine shows up and I'm like, wow, great. Oh man, when they're in the sewers. Oh, it's so good. He's it's, so cranky and she's so excited. It's literally like me and my daughter. It's, it's the just like, best. I'm just like, Arr. and she's like, ah. and I'm like, yep, that's us. It's like the best combo. Like again, if they are, if they are bringing in a new Wolverine, which, you know, we, we know is inevitable it's at me. this point. It's me. At uh, this point. And if it's like Taron Egerton or, or whatever. Daniel how, Radcliffe. Or Daniel Radcliffe, who, <laughs> you know, AKA Weird Al. Um, I, I mean, that, I hope they do something like that. Like, we need that kind of. They need like, someone short. You need, yes. short, yeah, but of course, but we need that foil, like, not that foil, but like, she needs to interact with someone who's the complete opposite, like not super excited, like not Bruno. like an exclamation mark like you. <laughs> Bruno, that's Bruno. Bruno just needs to get oh, a no, little Bruno, more jaded Bruno. and no. he's good. <laughs> he does get jaded in the comics. Spoiler alert. You'll see. Oh, um, don't tell me. Yeah, that. I'm not done. Uh, I'm not going to ruin, ruin anymore. 
but yeah, let's go a little more into the plot. You know, it's only six episodes. And mm-hmm. um, one thing that struck me about like two, maybe three episodes in was like, I'm like, I don't see a bad guy. Like, I didn't see like traditional villain. The villain was Damage Control, who we were first introduced to in, I believe, was it Far From Home? I know it was No Way Home for sure. No Way Home? No Damage way. Control no, Damage Control oh, no. is, is introduced oh, we were... in Homecoming. It's Homecoming they were, when they, they, they come in. Yeah. Yep. Uh, to, to, to Vulture, uh, to Tombs. They uh, they take away uh, his... Uh... Yeah, Time Daly comes in there and, and for a random Cagney and Lacey reunion. But no. Uh, just, just for you oldies like me. I'm going to um, say that went over my head good. pretty, pretty quickly. I was like, that's uh, a Brooklyn Nine-Nine reference? Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Jokes. <laughs> jokes. Uh, jokes. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so w- was that something you guys were shocked about in any way that this was not like introducing like um, any sort of traditional like Marvel villain? Like, you know, Miss Marvel has villains. It was strange that we didn't really get any sort of like the villain was the government basically um so i don't know how welcome to 2022 we know true i mean (laughs) when is it uh, when is it not right and and (laughs) it's like they try it's both ways but if you think about that first volume what do you remember from it it's not that bird bad guy it's her so weird he's i mean it's 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 a great weird villain but it's not the thing that makes that 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 volume what makes that volume is ms marvel and what she's going through and how like that's what's so clever and interesting and fun about her is that she's enough to hold it together right Mm -hmm. she is like that panel at the end of that first issue where she turns into where she thinks she turns into carol danvers is that's the story it's her kind of dealing with those notions of like who am i what it's everything that i think the mcu spider-man which i absolutely love didn't necessarily do because they didn't have to they got Mm -hmm. to do with kamala khan which is really nice and I know that first volume, and and you mentioned her looking like literally looking like Harold Danvers. It's like, do you think they tapped into that kind of identity crisis, like in in the actual show? Do you think they did that well enough in that instance, as compared to the book? I think so. I think we've cut, we're in a different place now than we were when that book came out. Mm-hmm. I think that book spoke very like when I was you know, a kid, I wanted to be a blonde girl named Tiffany. I was like, I don't understand. Like, why do I look the way I do? And everybody else looks the way they do. And I think the issue was speaking to a very specific kind of experience and, and acknowledging that, but Kamala Khan in 2022 is a character who grew up in a different way. There will still be shades of that, but I don't think they needed that Mm -hmm. specific sort of visual imagery. I think Absolutely. the bi- I think the biggest villain of this series was the fact it was only six episodes. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> it, it, it was it. I, we need, there was so much more time we could have spent. Yeah, yes. And there was a bit of a jump um, because I felt like episodes four and five when they're in Pakistan are so interesting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like then we went to okay now let's go to the finale. Okay, we had this this detour. It felt like intentionally felt like a detour at times to tell an important history lesson, which my seven-year-old was like, is this true? And I'm like, yeah, well, this is true. And she's like, 
And so she learned about that. And which I thought was cool that people are learning about this mm-hmm. experience that maybe unless you saw that Doctor Who episode, like it was like people don't know. And I think that's super important for people to understand that. But they also made it feel like, OK, now we're going to cut back to the actual story. And I'm like, man, one more episode, even two, two more. right? They yeah, need one or two, two more. Because it's just like, that's a great, you love the world that they've built in both Pakistan and New Jersey. You want to hang out a little bit more in it. And I think damage control didn't feel like the big, like the biggest high stakes. There wasn't a lot of stakes with the villain. It was cool and everything. And and we, it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't about the villain. It was about the journey of Miss Marvel, but you could have made that a little more intense and a little more, you could have spent more time with Karam and like his powers and stuff. You could have got a little more with the red daggers. Like this whole world is so interesting. And you could have, I think that was the biggest villain of the whole series was we want more time with it. Also, mm-hmm. you dropped it during Obi-Wan Kenobi when you had weeks, you had weeks right now. We have nothing going on. You have August is everything. I don't, I, I don't understand the timing. Like, I don't understand the timing choices because I agree with you. I think one, episode five, the story of her Nana and mm-hmm. I, I Felid Khan is like one of my top top actors of all time. I love him. I was so excited to find out he was going to be on the show. Uh, he's a Pakistani actor who does like Pakistani TV and movies. And he's also done some Bollywood movies. I was like, give them an entire episode. They deserve a whole episode dedicated to telling their story because they were all, both of them were so wonderful. Both him and um, Aisha were like excellent on screen. And then the clandest- the clandestines needed more time. I think. They did. Like really needed more flushing out, really needed more sort of like that could have used an episode or just more time in every episode. Because that's especially going to tie into multiverse, which mm-hmm. was like, because a lot of people, I didn't know if your thoughts, sorry, I'm hijacking the podcast. You're fine. I, I run the site. Whatever. I'll take a nap. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I think you will. Um, we did also have someone fall asleep on this podcast one time, which we was did. hilarious. They, they were drunk, though. <laughs> a little fair. drunk, yeah. I mean, I've been drunk on this podcast and stayed awake, but that's a different story, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that you like everyone's like well where's marvel going and when you introduce the veil and multiverses i I just get your thought like do do you think they really want do you think they could there's so much there that they still can expand on for a season two or in the marvels because again i haven't read past the first half of the first graphic novel um that they could do with in order to expand on this like kind of path of multiverses within the mcu I mean, it's not huge in the early Miss Marvel stuff, honestly. This is, they're pulling stuff that I'm not super familiar oh, with okay. that's like old, old, like no uh, Marvel lore, oh, right? okay. It's like, but I do think that with like Najma and the whole sort of like stuck in our plane of existence group of clandestines, they needed time there to be- to help us even understand better what they were doing like when Najma sacrifices herself I was like what's happening yeah well, we're what <laughs> like I needed like 20 more minutes with her I feel yeah. like <laughs> just yeah. like just run down everything <laughs> like, you're really doing here that'd be great <laughs> because I felt with the red daggers they explained yes. here's what we're doing it was awesome Hard to agree. this is this great. is this is our mission statement it's like yes the other the clandestines is like we like you we hate you yeah we just died and you're like <laughs> It felt rushed. It did feel rushed. One thing that bothered me, and again, I'm not trying to be super negative because I absolutely adored the show. And, you know, the 
act the cast and oh, we'll get to the cast. We'll get we'll get the negativity out of the I way. The the this isn't even negative. It's like I know, our it's negative like, is like, could you just give more. us more? Well, that's the thing. More. <laughs> mine is all it's mine's in the same vein is that first episode, you were hit in the face with basically like a Scott Pilgrim TV show. Yeah. In the sense of how yeah. visually stunning it was, how they were kind of breaking all the rules that they've kind of set mm-hmm. in the Marvel shows. And then it's kind of abandoned throughout, right? And I feel like that's because they didn't stick with one director, one person kind of visually guiding it. Whereas like WandaVision is, I think, the gold standard of like you pick one person who has, you know, you get your uh, Matt Shackman, I believe his name was. Yeah. Um, you get this person who has this vision, visual. This WandaVision. Obviously. Yeah. Eh, there you go. Um, and you're golden, like you're set. And I feel like they they made like little glimpses of it, whether, you know, she was reading a text message or, you know, whatever. It just after that first episode, you kind of miss that chaotic, fun, crazy editing and and visual stuff that they were just kind of throwing everywhere. Am am I the only one who feels that way? Do we feel like it got less and less as they were adding more to the show? I I don't know that I agree. I think that they I agree that it was very in your face in that first episode, but I think they tempered it for a reason, right? Like it's her the chaos in that first episode and the visualizations and all of the techniques they use, which are so fun, um, get tempered the minute she gets her powers. Yeah. And the minute she gets her powers, that's where all the chaos is. So like I like to me, it felt like a thematic choice more so mm-hmm. than like a uh, because even we didn't get all of it back in the last episode when they came back for it. Uh, yeah. The two directors. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So it, it felt thematic to me as to why they may have pulled back on it a little bit that said i agree with you it's like super fun it's mm-hmm. so so engaging well in that last episode too they're also trying to play like a 45 minute version of home alone yes God. i loved it which was great i <laughs> said that it is, while that i'm watching it i'm part. like this looks like Same. i'm like this is home I was like, alone, this is home alone. <laughs> my daughter's i'm like what's your favorite part she's like the school and i'm like i knew it yes. yeah, i knew it but i, I honestly I'm okay with them holding back because I think we also could have like, sometimes when you have a gimmick and it works, sometimes if you use it too much, you're just like, mm-hmm. I, I get the point. They did bring it back. Like when she was in Pakistan on the roof with her grandmother and she got a tech or she was texting Nakia, like, like there was, I think something with the kites did something Yeah, when she does the plant on the chalkboard. So I think when you did it, it's like, wow, this is cool. Oh, okay. It, that's still there. Mm-hmm. But then there was also like, they leaned into other things for like vibrancy with like color and, mm-hmm. and visuals. And then like, and I think that stuff was the cool stuff too, because then they're also think about, you're also introducing all her powers and all those visuals and trying to throw in all that other stuff. I think you just end up making a messy uh, like scene. Yeah. I feel yeah. like you would be there. <laughs> I'm laughing. Cause there's this wonderful line where when uh, at Eve, when Bruno said he's like worried about what he's wearing and he goes, do you think it's too bright? And Muniba goes, I don't understand the question. 
Well, I was going to say, I, I wonder, I want to know if that was a, just a direct shot to all the people who complain that the Marvel palette is just the exact same in every show. And we finally got a show that's like super, super colorful. And they're just like, fuck you. It's so funny because like I didn't even read it that way. But yes, I think you could. Because like for us, it's that that's literally what it looks like. Like when yeah. you go to South Asian cultural events, it is the brightest thing that you can possibly think of. So awesome. Wow. Like you will not see any sort of dull colors. Everything is loud and musical and colorful. And so that's as what that all, was. As all three of us on this podcast are wearing some form of gray. I know. <laughs> Talking about this show. But it also goes into the youth movement because like as, you know, any pop culture time, you know, 80s, 90s now, neon and bright is mm-hmm. always when things get hot, like it, that's where we go. And so it makes sense that that was the color palette we went with too. Especially like when we got to Avengers Con and her costume and stuff like so that. Oh, I, I could have I could have spent three more episodes at Avengers Con. You just want the <laughs> shirt. Oh, I definitely want. I'm gonna. I'm getting that shirt. I don't know. I mean, that's happening. I mean, again, I'm super. I know this is a little tangent, but I'm so sad that like right now at San Diego Comic Con, like fully back. You know. Like, <laughs> It's like full. It's no, like my, I think like I've seen so many people who have like no masks on. I know. <laughs> like, I know. You know I'm I know. like everyone there is going to get I sick. I know, but it's like my. Yeah, my, I'm in your camp. I'm just like my yeah. Facebook. My Facebook memories are just like, remember how much fun you I, had? I know. Remember the time you interviewed Rami Malik in a baseball stadium? Yeah. I, no, <laughs> that's two separate things. I did interview That was him. San Diego Comic Con. I was, I, I saw him at a baseball stadium for, they were doing a panel there and then I interviewed him later. Oh, okay. well, you have two pictures separate, of it. That's two it. separate yeah, yeah. events. The last time I was at San Diego Comic-Con was 2019. And within Same. four hours of being there, I broke my foot. Nice. I like fell off a scooter. I got I got peer pressured into using one of those Lime scooters. Oh, Wait, I have never yeah. that. Immediately. Never like when I say immediately, I mean like within three minutes of getting on it, I fell off of oh, it. Oh, no. Yeah. And like had to, I didn't know my foot was broken because I was like, oh, I'm sure it's fine. So I wrapped it and walked around with like a drugstore cane. The oh whole my time. God. So like that is, it's like, I, got, I went to the urgent care like the day after I got back and they were oh like, God. this is broken. How did you, you fly with a broken foot? I was you lucky walked. I was visiting my brother in LA. So I just took By the, the way, train. you have to walk to everything at comic i know like you 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 could do easily 15 to twenty thousand. steps <laughs> when i steps tell you i had without... a meeting <laughs> i had a meeting in the lucasfilm booth I and mean... like i ran into uh my friend karama who was like what are you trying to do and i was like i need to get to the lucasfilm booth but my my cane and everyone's in my way <laughs> and she was like all time <laughs> oh my god i can't believe that that's Absolutely I got, insane. I tried doing one of those in Asbury Park. I took one step, it started going, and I just I jumped off, handed it to my friend. I'm like, nope, done. Oh good. Those, they're like, he's terrible. like, dude, you paid two, he's like, you just paid 20 bucks for that. I'm like, yep. Also not paying for a hospital bill. I'm good, for, for for the listeners at home, I can't stress this enough. They are the easiest things to run. <laughs> Shut your face. They are not. They they're are not, so no. simple. They're so terrible. They're no. so terrible. It's like, I oh yeah, like, just jump sucks. on a fucking Bronco. That's it. It's that easy. Come on. No. And I remember no. being like, I'm gonna fall if I get on this. I'm gonna fall if I get on this. And they're like, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Oh I can't, I just I can't believe you <laughs> broke your foot. Like 
four hours into Comic Con. Literally and... like four hours. Oh my god. It was like Thursday. <laughs> it was not, oh. or it was either Wednesday or Thursday. Oh my god. On oh. preview night, that would have been insane. You have like <laughs> all right. So, anyways, I'm glad I'm home. Okay. I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad you're home too. I'm glad you're home and your foot is fine, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's let's move on through through a little bit of Miss Marvel. I know we we already kind of covered a lot, but yeah. I did mention we want to talk about the the absolutely stellar casting um, throughout. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else. Like, is there a question here? No, outside of like, <laughs> like who else isn't did you want to see? Like, yeah, isn't she amazing? Isn't she maybe the coolest human ever? And maybe the best like. The best of us in terms of geeks. Like Iman Malani talking about how she was watching WandaVision on her phone and Kevin Feige being upset about it. I want to see the fictionalized Iman Malani, Kevin Feige sitcom where she oh just my does stuff and he just I don't just want like, the fictionalized Wah! one. I want I want the real Taiki, one. I want Taiki Watiti, Taika Watiti to direct. You can't pronounce any names ever. No, I can't. <laughs> Again, it's been a long life, not even week. Just life. <laughs> so Taika, <laughs> I want Taika to direct like the little shorts that he would do for, uh, for, oh, Thor, yeah, for Thor. But I want it to be. <laughs> it's Iman Milani being like, this is this can't be 616. It can't. Correct. No, I, I want her like it's like her like um not backstage, but like her getting ready like to film something. And like Kevin Feige walks in and that's like literally the concept. Every episode <laughs> It's just him walking in and her complaining to him. I, I mean, if you're not even complaining, but oh my, it's like, oh my God, isn't this like from this? And he's just like, fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, or like he, she just wanders on a set. He's like, get out, get out. She's like, is um, this the Guardians Christmas special? Out, get out. <laughs> oh man, so no, she's the curb so... your enthusiasm music plays. It's just gonna be great. She's so good. They like, they really, really nailed it with her. Just, I mean, ev- like you said, everyone on the show is so good, but she, she is Kamala Khan. It is wild. Yeah, it's also yeah. like it's also like I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I teared up a little bit during that, you know, the preview of it, where they're just like, she's like, this is her childhood right. dream, and she watched Miss Marvel and she read Miss Marvel was so inspired by it. She made her own fan costume. Like that's so great. You're living your dream. I, I'm an emotional wreck. I'm sorry, no, but it's I like ugly it's cried. Like, it's like the. So many times you see like, oh, I'm in this IP and oh, guess I got to read the comic book now or I guess I got to get into it. And it's just like, no, I love this shit. You don't (laughs) understand. Yeah. So it's like (laughs) just that part of it, I thought was it's just amazing. And the fact she's never this is her first thing she's ever done. And she just seemed like a seasoned pro. Okay, can I tell you her story of like she got the casting notice from like an auntie on WhatsApp is my favorite thing on the planet. That's incredible. WhatsApp is like the bane of my existence (laughs) because that's where you'll you'll open it and there are 8,000 messages. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry if Mark Zuckerberg is listening. Only to sue us, probably. But. I know, <laughs> but me. it's like where the like the aunties and uncles like live for like chain text messaging all happens on WhatsApp because you can go. It's very easy to do international. It's like all yeah. of that stuff. But so her like she's just so wonderfully identifiable. This is a great thing about being Irish. We don't want to talk to any each. Other. We don't want to talk to each other, so we just ignore each other. It's great. <laughs> I'm just we, we just so... see each other at funerals and then people just read you the filth and you're like, I don't even know you. <laughs> True story. 
and you guys just hand each other alcohol. Um, I met, like, a cousin. Yeah, I met a cousin I'd never met before at a wedding, and he signed me up for his company's newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> like, Indian people are so extra. Oh, my God. That's also, Al's been to like 4,000 baptisms because he's Italian. That's uh, right. Yeah, you every get weekend, it. every I get weekend, it. it's a baptism. It's, like, there's a lot of similarities there, I think. A little, a little bit. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, my fridge is just invitations to parties that I don't want to go to. Like, that's, that's what it is. And it's like, oh, you want to do stuff this summer? No, we have a party that weekend. You can't go. Sorry. Um, and now I just make it, now I just have, nope, sorry, I'm working because I usually am. So, uh, one thing I was gonna say. Oh, I'll, just just to go back to uh, t- to why I think she's so perfect in the role is, um, and it's more about the future. It's just like after seeing these six episodes, the the interactions between her and Brie Larson in the Marvels. She's gonna going annoy to be, the crap out of her. Be Maybe the best <laughs> thing ever. Like it, it's gonna be again like. Like Tony and Peter. It's I actually think it's going to be different. I think it's going to be, if you think about the way Carol acted yeah. in Ms. Marvel when she figures out her powers and is fighting, uh, whatchamacallit, when she's on the ship, when she's like, <gasps> like she like, she like bangs her fists together, she figures it out, and she like freaks out and gets so excited. I was like, that's Kamala Khan right there. That's the same. You guys are the same. Yeah, you're just but, a little older. Yeah, but she <laughs> is like she's still that very rugged, like oh you know, for sure. You know what I mean? So I don't know how the I interactions. Be a, I hope there's like a joy more so than she's gonna be the joy. It's just I I'm excited for the inter. And remember, we also have Monica Rambeau too. Yes. So there's she's gonna, be... gonna she'll be playing the peacemaker between those two. I think yeah. it's gonna be more of an older sister, younger sister than Tony. Sort of like I agree. Dad and, dad and son slash Tony Peter Parker is like you represent my guilt, <laughs> you know, or my <laughs> you represent everything my father should. Or have like been. Peter does everything right, and Tony gets to take the credit for it. I know, I know. Zing. So I have, wow, it's coming into hot takes about dead Tony Stark. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, wow. Kick him, while he's, kick him while he's in a lake somewhere. Um, my, my final... so I, just, I just watched Endgame for the first time. Yeah, yeah. A week ago. We're not even, we're I have a whole podcast where I didn't finish the MCU. So yeah, it's all fresh in my mind now. It's amazing. I know. It really is. You broke her. You broke her. That's amazing. <laughs> I, mean, I just no. saw Endgame. <laughs> I did. Nope. He did. <laughs> it's a long story. It's, it's a long story. It's so dumb. Um, it's not dumb. It's a it's real not story. Dumb. It's real. Uh, uh, wait, wait. I have a, uh, my final Miss Marvel question before we get uh, before we get into um, social. Oh, no, we didn't talk enough about Bon Jovi. Come on, or Brown I Jovi, know. which I wish was a real band. Oh, because I would. Hire, if I, I don't I, know. There are the, but that band. I feel like I saw like an Instagram post or something from right. a bunch of brown dudes with musician with like instruments, and they were like, "We we do that." Oh. <sighs> If I owned a bar, I totally would book them. Uh, but uh, I love the, f- so I have to say this as someone who, like I said, big Bon Jovi fan, interviewed him very weird at times, but it also the most memorable thing I've ever done in my career. Um, when the mo- when her mom is just like, she's like, don't make any jokes about Captain Kid. I'm like, someone who really knows Bon Jovi 
put that line in there and I'm it, it filled me with such like it swelled my heart like I was so happy and then they you know when you do living on a prayer to an action sequence I mean that's everything I can ask for literally the music was fantastic the, the music entire. was so oh, good God. Really, really like good. Uh, every part every musical choice was excellent yeah they used a lot of really great South Asian talent they used a lot of really great like contemporary fun music and like it was so so good when they opened with the weekend, I was like, "Oh, they know what they're doing." Yep. Yeah, which Agreed. which was in the trailer as well because mm-hmm. they were using oh. uh, blinding light uh, because obviously there's a light factor from from the powers. And then <gasps> I got to take photos of the weekend, which was really cool. Uh, not your, not, was that the At first time light. you've done it? Yeah, you didn't do was. that for me. I did not. I'll I'll forget that guy. There you go. There you go. You can see those photos. No, I'm kidding. All right. So, and anymore. (laughs) No. Uh, So, um, going back, last question, Miss Marvel. um, Where do you guys want to see season two? We'll probably get a season two eventually. We know we're seeing her again in the Marvels. What do we? What do we want outside of more episodes? What do we want to see? covered in season two of uh, Miss Marvel. I, I think I agree with more Red Dagger stuff. I thought Aramis Knight was really good. Also, another shout out to casting Farhan Akhtar, who played, which I'm so sad he died, but he plays like the the uncle for the Red Daggers, um, is another Bollywood actor who is very, very good. But I thought Aramis Knight and Iman Vellani had great chemistry. They were they very did. fun on screen together. That was one of my favorite fights when they meet for the first time. Like that's a that's a wonderful meet cute. Yeah, and it's also fun that they're like their their HQ is like a random Chinese restaurant. Oh, it's great. But I think Al, before we, um, I think before I even answer, we, uh, I just want to see them at the Jersey Shore. That's what I want. That's uh, as I've worked there for fifteen years. So, but <laughs> the big question is before we move on is the M word was finally used. <gasps> oh my oh, god! We yeah. have to so, we have again, to go into this again. That as well. Uh, you're right. Sorry, forgot, like, forgot about the forgot about the M word. And that's music- yeah. No, when they played that musical cue, I yeah. like stopped it and I screamed because I was like, <laughs> "That cannot! They did it!" The what like, was, what was the musical they, cue? They so played the musical cue from X Men '97, the cartoon. The da 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 da. That's what you have happens when you have a seven year old talking to you the entire yeah. time and, asking questions. And we are getting a continuation of the X Men '97, literally called X Men '97. I but like regardless, lost my mind. Kamala Khan is a mutant, which is yes, uh, such she's a deep the first cut. mutant in the MCU. Such a deep cut. First oh, one that we know. Oh, of. Ken Grandpierre probably is dead. Oh, he's dead. He died. Oh, he died. So he died. That's he's our friend who's he's, obsessed he's with dead. mutants. He's, so. he's yeah. obsessed. He's been waiting for them to come into the MCU. But yes, yeah, so yes, Kamala Khan is the first mutant that we are aware of. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, um, there's another part of that that is crazy. I mean, this is how they do it. This is we've been waiting. And waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for them to bring in the M word or, you know, technically you can say, oh, it was in Doctor Strange. But like this. That's is, what I was going to say. This. No, is, they all die. He, he's a nut. Don't tell me. I didn't see it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but this is like legit proper. This is like legit proper. So like we are in the official MCU and there are mutants. Now what? Because they didn't want to say she was an human because that show tanks. So no, no, no. But there's 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 that aspect of it. But then also deep cut. Apparently, um, Sana originally pitched her as a mutant. Right? Yes. 
And they it went was, with an Inhuman. Well, it was because at the time, Marvel didn't own the film rights to the X-Men. Correct. And so Ike Perlmutter, who at the time was a very influential voice there, was <laughs> like, we have to do something that can go up against the X-Men. And so yeah, they yep. made her an Inhuman. Yeah, there was a, a long time. I don't know if this was like, I, I, <laughs> I've been told that this was fact. I don't know if it was or not, but when you were writing the X-Men, you could not create new characters because they would be then owned by, or at least Fox would have the rights to use them. I don't know if that was necessarily that true. feels right, but like, right? I, don't, I don't know. Because, allegedly. Feels right. Let's just say. Allegedly. Um, you have to say it before, not after you say it. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I oh I'm, god, we're gonna get sued by no one because they own it now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it doesn't matter. Right, it doesn't we're, matter. I mean, we're an unofficial, you know, so unofficial. Disney stand podcast. Correct. One so, day we'll be recognized. But so I'm guess, excited for mutants. I was gonna say, I guess that goes hand in hand, right? So if if that's the case, then that is the the way you end Miss Marvel season one with with the M bomb. Mm-hmm. Where do you see season two? Do you think this is a like? Do we get more mutants in season two, or is this just the opening up the floodgates for mutants to appear did you see the room i saw the rumor today so i rumor rumor like it was like one of those like i did see that so the rumor today was that for professor x possibly they're floating giancarlo uh giancarlo esposito which would be Amazing. I love that man. I've interviewed him twice. Oh, he is so one nice. of the coolest people on the planet. I heard he's like the nicest dude. Ever. He seems That's why delightful. he's always a bad guy. He's so nice. Such a del- and so talented too. He actually directed an episode of uh, uh, the final season of Better Call Saul. I so feel like he's he, would, accomplished director. he would be good. Yeah. Right? He would be oh. awesome. He I think would be great. If anyone can take it from Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Or to, and James McAvoy. James McAvoy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, no. I like. I actually quite like James McAvoy as young Xavier. Right. I think he's very, very good as young Xavier. I don't know how he would fare uh, as an older Xavier. No, I don't think so. No. I. Uh, so I now just thinking is like, is this since in the first book you have Wolverine? Could this be the way to have Wolverine stumble into a, a sewer and run into I Kamala, mean... just as a snarly old bastard listen when i my hair gets real long i can do the wolverine look guys i'm just saying i'm local you know, new jersey <laughs> i hate my job let's well, go, I just, let's go. You just, my, go ahead let's go ahead go. i'm no, not canadian no, no. i know i know no i just i guess uh, the mutant question of it all and i think people are going to be kind of thinking about this for a while is like where have they been like what is the where does like that's the thing it's like okay she's a mutation she is a mutant <laughs> right where you been? Where here's you been? the thing. No, hey, yo, where you thing. been? Where you here's been? Here's the thing with with this stuff. That's the here's most the New thing. Jersey thing to say. It's like where you been? Come where on. It doesn't matter. It, doesn't. it just doesn't matter, right? It doesn't. Yeah, at the end of the day. Come on, Juan is Magneto's daughter. Come on. It's comics. Boy, right? It's yeah. it's it. What I love about though the idea of Wolverine being the one that she runs into is that it would be a wonderful mirror to Wolverine and Rogue in the first X-Men movie, but you have Wolverine and Kamala. I think that would be really delightful as like a little bit of a throwback, but also new. But also much funnier. Yes. Yeah. I just less feel, I guess just so like, <laughs> I always thought, and especially after the exchange, blah, 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 not spoiling kind of um i thought Sorry. it would be more of a Twitter multi- ruined everything guys. but more of like a multiverse kind of like or 
it or might still right more kind of connection in the, yeah it could it i runs a scroll so we know that and also we oh my god I, there's here's the thing now so is that we're, we're we're getting into so the territory much. of like when i read comics and it's like there's an event happening yeah what i do is I just read about the characters I care about and I ignore everything else. And I don't generally, like I could not speak to specific plot points, but I'll be Mm -hmm. like, I think something happened maybe in Brooklyn that might've impacted what's going on over here, but I don't care. And that's kind of where we are in the MCU now, I think, Mm -hmm. where there's so much happening. You can't possibly, you can't possibly have it all. We're in tie-in territory. Yes. is rough because- Because as a comic book reader, you know, when there is an event, there's an ass ton of times. And you're like, I can't possibly read all of this. I just, I just, I've read like, I got DCUI in like November of last year because I let my free trial lapse and then I just kept it. Okay. I have read like thousands of comics, I think in the last eight months. And even still, when there's like an event, I'm like, I'm not doing it. I will only read them. <laughs> like, I'm only reading Nightwing and I'm only reading Tim Drake, like whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was I, I, I you know, I've, I've been a comic book, an avid comic book reader since 2007. I think um, I started right right when Civil War ended. So mm-hmm. my first comics that I bought were Civil War. And it's a good They're way great. to start. Great way to great. start. And I got obsessed real quick. And the immediate event right after that following that was Secret Invasion. We're talking about mm-hmm. scrolls. I was absorbing it. I was trying to read all the tie-ins and I was doing all this. You can't. And then I remember much. being super disappointed with Secret Invasion. I'm doing like, F you, Marvel. I'm out of here. <laughs> and I went right to DC and I just started just, I was like, I'll keep Spider-Man. But like, you guys bummed me out with this. Like, well, I don't know. It's hard, right? Because yeah. you're like... Whenever you're reading, I like to binge runs. Like, I'm a big fan yeah, of, same. like, all right, I'm going to read. Like, I did all of Ultimate Spider-Man, I think, in, like, two weeks. But whenever they're, like, you know, Spider-Man's journey will continue in blah, 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 number this event number one. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'll try the first one, and we'll see. And then it's like, whatever, I'll just go to the next Ultimate Spider-Man number, whatever, and they'll tell me what happened. <laughs> they'll tell me what I missed, and yeah. it'll be fine. Like when I saw Love and Thunder, and I'm like, all right, cool. I just want to read this. I just want to read uh, like this this run. It's just like, well, here's seven different runs. And <laughs> CM Punk, your favorite wrestler, wrote one of these. I'm like, the, the Young Thor, which ties into this. I'm like, no, just give me one book, guys. It's all I want. They're like, oh, it's two hundred dollars. I'm like, no, no, no. Fuck but, you guys. But we are, and and as you said, we're getting into this territory of like, there is so much happening that I don't know if they know what's happening. And when I say they, I mean like anyone involved. Where whereas. At the end of Love and Thunder, spoilers for everyone. I saw it. Wait, Love I Thunder. haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Oh. You seen it yet. All right, good. All right. Now you know all right, all right. how I okay. feel. <laughs> all right. One, let to me tell be you. Fair, there's a Doctor lot of love. Doctor Strange is on Disney Plus right now. I have to watch things. <laughs> to be fair. Okay. This, I'll tell you I, one thing. There's a lot of love and there's a lot of thunder. And there's some thunder as well. I, I don't think this is necessarily a spoiler, but. Oh, God. It really isn't. So at the end of a Marvel movie, you know, when they say, like, Spider-Man will return. Oh, yeah, yeah, Things like that. Oh, no, I did see this. Okay, I did see this. So at the end, it says Thor will return. And Taika was like, wait, what? I didn't know that. Like, that's weird that Uh, they don't know that. You know what I mean? I also think think people are working. 
I mean, he might have his working boots on where he's just like, oh, I don't know anything about that. And everyone's like, well, Tyke is such a handsome rogue. We got to believe that guy. And then it's just like, mm, he's a liar. I don't know. I just, I think this is a weird time. Well, if you read the when, exit when, interview with the showrunner of Miss Marvel, there's so much they're like, well, what's with mutants? What's with this? What's with that? And she's like, I have no idea what they want to do. I don't think they should. I think it's funny because it like... Star Wars is so, so different. Like they have their story group. They have everything is very regimented and very, like very. Now. <laughs> now, now yes, yes, yes. Now. In the, since the, Star Wars since television. the acquisition, I should yeah. say. Yeah. No, even books. Like now, oh, the books, all yeah. of it is very, very regimented. Marvel, because it's so big and because it allows for the multiverse, it allows for all of these different iterations and. Because that's what comics are, right? Like, Spider-Man's been around 60 years. Spider-Man in 19, you know, 72 is not the same Spider-Man in 1997. Yeah. And he can't be. He, like, literally cannot be. And so there's a little bit of messiness that I think is allowed. And I think they play with it with What If, which is really fun. It's awesome. Glad we're getting a second season, too. I'm not glad we're getting Marvel Zombies as a show, though. Yeah, that's not needed. Not it's, a, needed. it's a Halloween special. I'll take. Oh, that. okay, then it's fine. That's no, no, no. I'm saying if it was, I oh. take that. No, it's a oh, full season. Good. That's annoying. And we can just do this back and forth. Do, do you guys have a, like a a wish list for Miss Marvel season two before we get into the world of Spider Man Social Dilemma? More Bon Jovi. <laughs> I was yeah. Yeah, Always. Yeah, yeah. Did you see his tweet though? It made me yeah. laugh so hard. He, he just tweet. tweeted the scene and said Marvel. Hashtag Marvel. <laughs> because <laughs> no, because that's because that's like his age group would be like, oh, that's that Marvel thing, right? All right. I loved yeah. it. I thought that was great. Yes, I agree. More Bon Jovi. Get him on the show. But oh, he's an actor. He could he do it. He's not that much of a singer anymore, sadly. Um yeah. yeah I I just um I want more with Bruno. I really love Bruno. He's such a great character. Let's see where he goes. He's good. So good. I want more of everyone. I think her family is so delightful. Like more of her family, more of Sheikh Abdullah, more of her friends, like all of it. That world is just great. And was it Nakia? Nakia. 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 I loved her. I was like, wow, she's She's great. Really good. Like I've never seen her in anything else, just like most of these actors, uh, the young actors. And I was like, wow, she's incredible. And Mm very commanding when she was on screen and you know she's got this like political kind of like back. i want to i want to see more of that her her kind of trying to manage politics while being uh you yeah. know best friends to a superhero i love that everyone found out at the end too yeah like everyone I who agree. needed to find out found out I marvel's agree. not Mar- like the actual like this marvel is not big into secret identities that much like they just really they're like yeah it's easier if we just everyone knows just just tell people. I mean, it was very like that was very ultimate Spider-Man, right? Like, I feel like ultimate Spider-Man, everybody knew that Peter was Spider, like Aunt yeah. May knew, like random X-Men knew, like everybody knew. That's what this felt like to me, where they're like, okay, that scene where she's like, You already told them? And she's like, No, I told that. I told you dad and he's like it was on speaker which is so real and speaker so and speaker is much easier and i'm just like oh he's so real he's my dad my, so real. <laughs> my favorite was um was the the uh, uh, i can't remember her name the popular girl coming in zoe zoe at the oh end. my god she, when she just popped up she's like where they're like, like what 
that was great. And when Saga, when her brother shows up, when uh, Amir shows up, <laughs> I, like, I, I went to the like, school. I don't need like superheroes don't need chaperones. And he's like, ask mom. I love how he went from like, I'm the devout brother who plays praise all the time. And especially he's like that in the comics too. Just all of a sudden he was smart alecky older brother within like he's both, two episodes. Right? Yeah. But he was like a little more serious to begin. Now he's just like, yeah. So when you drop that kid, was that strategic? And his wife is like, dude, come on. Like, she's a superhero. Like, <laughs> it's so good. I, the I only thing it. I don't, I want more of what's good. And like, I just want more of this world. I just don't want them to overdo it where they're like, okay, let's just play up like one or two things. Like, oh, she, you know, and like we overdose on like one aspect of Miss Marvel. I think they, they got the balance so well. In well I just don't want season. that for the second season. Yeah. So, I yeah. feel like they just need to do what they did in the first season, but yeah. more of it. That's that's and what those, we want. And those end credits, wow. so good, amazing, so good. But I oh. think, but I think Al, we really need to move on to yes, yes. The, I've, this, I've been trying the, the new Spider Verse here. <laughs> the no, new Spider Verse is that? Did you pitch it as that? By the way, no. When, when... <laughs> Just let me tell I you, know. that would have been amazing. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So we need to. Uh, I wanted. I want the audience to to know more about your book, which is again coming out so soon so soon so soon so, um well first off how when did when did uh when did this all come about how did you you know kind of begin this process was this something pitched to you did you pitch it like like give us kind of the background <laughs> on the on everything so i wrote a book called peter and ned's ultimate travel journal which tied into spider-man far from home mm-hmm. and about Four months before that book was coming out, uh, so like March 2019-ish, my editor emailed me and was like, would you ever want to write an original Spider-Man story? And I like lost my mind. I was like- You're like, no, no delete. Yeah. I, I think I forwarded <laughs> like, it to my friend out. and I was like, I need you to read this and tell me it's real. <laughs> um, uh, and I was uh, like- A Camilla Khan move oh if I've ever God. seen it. <laughs> It's like I'd seen a new girl where like Jess is like, shut your face. Shut your face. Um, And so I was like, yes, obviously. And then began the very long process of pitching ideas. So I was like pitching stories. It started as a very kind of different project where it was like multiple spider people with different books and like whatever. And I think at one point I went, I really just want to write a Peter Parker book. Like I just that's what I want to do. And they were like, okay, that sounds cool. Pitch that. And so it was like more, more pitching. And then at Comic-Con, again, the same one where I broke my foot, 2019, I met a marketing, like a, a VP of licensing person from Marvel Comics. Cause I was working with Disney editors, like the Disney book group. And I just, he was like, oh, we're so excited. You're going to be working on this. I like very excited for you to like really nail that story. And I was like, what if I do, like, I just said it out loud to this person after many, many emails with other people. I was like, what if I just did like a Peter Mary Jane rom-com? And he was like, yes, <laughs> that sounds great. And so then it just snowballed from there where I was like, okay, that's a good starting point. And then I just came up with a story that could go over three books and like what that could mean. It still took a long time because you have to. it's still like a corporate thing where I was like, these are the characters I want to use. This is what I think the story is going to look like. This is the first book. This is the second book, whatever. And yeah, that's sort of the, the how it got the how it started. And so I guess without getting into spoilers or anything like that, 
like paint paint the scene like where do we see this peter where is he in his life and you already mentioned mary jane like i guess what kind of version of peter this kind of dream version the one that you get to write up what so, where do we see him <laughs> my like my favorite peter is a little bit older so but for this for writing for kids one thing mm-hmm. i was like i want to do peter when he isn't brand new at being spider-man but he's new-ish. He's still figuring things out. He's still making like silly mistakes. He's still sort of like learning on the job and learning how to balance it with school and work and all of these things. So in the book, it's like a few months into being Spider-Man. He's 16. So he's a sophomore in high school. And he's sort of like seeing all these things happening where like Sandman's out of prison and like there's something going on with this like alien artifact at the museum. And he's trying to figure out all these like pieces coming together. Meanwhile, like Mary Jane has her whole story that's going on too. Um, And yeah, that's kind of where he is. It's, I asked them what universe I'm supposed to say it is. Cause somebody asked me and I was like, I don't know how to answer this question. (laughs) And they were like six, one, six adjacent. I love that. (laughs) Okay, sure. (laughs) And, And what about like influences? Obviously, a huge Spider-Man fan, a huge Peter Parker fan. When you were like setting up the Bible or however you wanted to, you know, kind of create your <laughs> version of Peter and things like that, like who, who were your big influence? Cause like right off the bat, like the way you said, it's a Peter who is kind of being okay at Spider-Man at this point. Like he's, he's been it for a little bit. That reminds me of spectacular Spider-Man, which I'm, I just started watching with my son, uh, which is on Netflix now. And like, it's I don't so know, good. like wh- what was going to say, like, what were some of your big, you know spider influences i think robbie thompson's spidey run from 2014 i always cite that one because i think it's one of my favorite spider-man stories because it's so accessible for young people Mm -hmm. like it's hard if you want to get into spider-man comics it's it's hard to do like you're like where do i start there are nine thousand issues so spidey was a great way that marvel decided to like sort of have an accessibility point for kids so it's Peter in high school. It's contemporary. Every issue is like a little vignette. It starts off with like a one page of explainer of how he became Spider-Man and then goes into these like fun little adventures he has. Um, that was a big one. Spider-Man PS4, which is my favorite Spider-Man movie. Like I thought they nailed every single aspect of writing the characters, all of them. Um, those are two big, big ones. And yeah, the like cartoons are so good. Like, like really oh, good. They're so good. And they get Peter so, so well. Um, Spectacular Spider-Man, 100%. Like he is, it's, he's like this like wonderful, like teen Peter is this like wonderful, messy disaster child. <laughs> and like, that's who I wanted to be in this book. Yeah, I, I love, I love that first episode, not to stick on the show, but again, I just, I'm recently watching it with my three-year-old. And I love how confident he is on that first day of school. And he just, just, no one gives a shit about him. And he's got like, and that's a great thing about like, it's that duality and Mm -hmm. they nail it there. And I'm so excited to read your version because I feel like you kind of have that same feel for the character where when he puts on that suit, it's it's a different world for him. It's a different, he's has more confidence. It's, It's just, he's more comfortable. It's like his, that's his, you know, that's, that's yeah, the it way was, he, you know. <laughs> it was a funny thing when I was writing, because for writing Spider-Man in prose was very interesting. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was a it was a challenge at times, but a fun one. But there, we made a decision pretty early on in drafting where when he didn't have the mask on, he was Peter, and if he had the mask on, he was Spider Man. Like it's told in third person, and anytime he has the mask on, he will never be referred to as Peter. And that was like a very conscious choice because they he does operate in the world so differently depending on if he has the mask on or off. Absolutely. One question I had was, um, you you you're a big Spider Man fan, so to be able to, you're just like, okay, you here's the ball, run with it, come up with something. How hard <laughs> is it to be? disciplined as a writer to keep everything in when you're just like i can do whatever i want and i could write whatever <laughs> spider-man story i want to do but when you have to now gear it towards um you're not 10 i don't know how old you are so you're not 10 so you're writing for much younger audience like how are you how is like the discipline and tempering it for that audience while while trying not while also trying to be creatively satisfied as a spider-man fan Well, I think what's nice about Spider-Man is he is a hero who speaks to all ages. Like Spider-Man, yes, there are comics that are much darker and much heavier in theme um, as he gets older as a character, especially. But at at his heart, at Spider-Man's heart, he is a character who is meant to be read and enjoyed by anyone. Like that's why he's the most popular comic book character, you know, from Marvel. Like that's why he is... Even if you've never read a comic book, like, you know who Spider-Man is and you know sort of what he represents. Right. So what was actually what it it was a good experience writing Peter and Ned's first, because that I had to write a version of Peter that wasn't mine, which was a little bit of a rude awakening after I got notes back on my first draft. And they were like, uh, Peter wouldn't say this. And I was like, mine would, (laughs) but okay. Um, then going into, I had sort of a clear idea of who I wanted Peter to be already because I tried to write him into that first draft of Peter and Ned's. So that was kind of, I was set up pretty well. Um, really, the hard part was, and it, it wasn't even really hard. It was more like they had notes that made sense when I wanted to do too much. Like there was a point at which I was like, let's put the whole Sinister Six in this book. And they were like, pull it back. Just one has three books. Like, Chill out. <laughs> <laughs> like divide and conquer. We'll be okay. yeah. Like calm down. <laughs> but I guess that's the other question too. Is like um, I saw on your Twitter threads where you're talking about IP and how people mm. were very negative on IP. But I, I wanted to go in a different direction. Was how is it trying? Like you said with the Peter and Ned stuff. Like this isn't your own creation. This is Spider-Man. So it's like, there's the lore and the history. Yeah. Like how much more complicated is it writings like about a new story of an existing character where there have been, like you said, there's thousands of issues of Spider-Man's and dozens of variations of Spider-Man in different mediums. Like how hard is that to like stay true to that while also imbuing yourself into that? It, it it can be really difficult. I mean, it's one of the exciting things that I like about writing IP right. is that you're telling you're telling pieces of this character's story. So whatever you get to do is going to join this long, long history and inform them moving forward and inform somebody's reading of them moving forward. Like I have my favorite creators and how they influence the way I see Spider-Man and what I love about him. And so an exciting prospect is getting to be that for somebody with a character like this. 
where the difficulty I think can arise with someone who's been around for 60 years is so met like so much of his story has been told. So how do you do something new or how do you do something innovative? And the way I thought about it is like, what do we are in a unique world and kids are really smart and kids have access to a lot of information. So what is unique to them that would be unique to to a Peter Parker who is 16 right now. Right. And that's sort of where I started with how am I differentiating this? Um, Because when you're writing for kids, you have this great opportunity to not like teach them a lesson, but to maybe kick off conversations that you hope will help them navigate the world. And like, obviously, as you said, you're a diehard Spider-Man fan, Peter Parker fan. You're writing three books about him which is amazing and probably daunting at the same time (laughs) but while you're writing like are you discovering other characters that you enjoy writing about in that universe is there are there ones that you're like oh now i want to do a spinoff of this person like (laughs) i don't know about a spinoff but i really enjoyed writing j jonah jameson he was that's amazing the he was like the most uncomplicated sort of like (laughs) fun thing that I like writing these characters in prose is you don't have an artist's amazing work to sort of rely on to get across what you're saying you have to really think about the internal voice of what's going on with them and why they're making the choices and be able to put that on the page J. Jonah Jameson I was like you're a cartoon you're gonna be a cartoon (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're going to rush into a scene yelling. Your fly is going to be like over or your die is going to be over your shoulder. And like Peter's going to be terrified of you and not understand what's going on. It was just really fun. <laughs> but I don't want a whole book of it. It was like just little little pieces here and there. I would read that, though. If it was <laughs> um, I just I again, it's like we said before, like the animated series are are all great. Every time there's a a, a different version of J. Jonah Jameson. They're always excellent. So good. Just so it's much such fun. A one, not that it's a one-dimensional character, but it's, no. it's like a 90% dimensional character. Where yeah, like, like... They all have that same <laughs> just chaotic anger and, yes. and, 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 and unnecessary. And it just works <laughs> so well. And, and I, I, can, I can imagine that being so fun. Did you like... I guess... You know, we talked about the the Spider-Man influences, the the Peter Parker. Like, what did you bring from your self, from your experience? You've worked a million jobs. (laughs) You've probably been in Peter's shoes once, twice, 20 million times in your life. And also, you're a super nerd. He is a super nerd. Like, what did you want to bring from your own life into these books? I think uh, something that I really enjoyed was sort of reveling in the awkwardness of it of like that, that awkwardness of not knowing who you are and trying to figure out who you are is one of my favorite things to play with in fiction is identity. And so I made a joke where I was like, hey, me and Spider-Man, we're both hyphenate identities. (laughs) It's so stupid, but it makes me laugh so hard. Dan Slott would really like that joke because he always he him and him and Chip are always complaining or talking about the 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 hyphen. It's like, you know, Indian American, Spider-Man, you get it. You live in a hyphen, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but that is oh. like something that I really enjoy. I enjoy like sort of these and and when you put those like notions of identity that so many I think uh people who live in intersections of identity understand and have to deal with and combine it with being a superhero, it's just leads to more fun and more angst and more awkwardness to be on the page. So you've written for comics, written for now young adult books and then children's books. What's next? What do you, what are you looking to do next? Like, do you want to stay in this genre for a while? Are you comfortable here? Or what? I know you don't seem like someone who is like, I'm going to just take it easy and (laughs) not go on, not go on this scooter and break my foot. Like you're, you're, you are someone who is uh, always looking for the next thing and, and kind of, like what what do you want to do now next yeah i have um an original ya novel which i'm very excited about that it's so it's like i have all these things that i said yes to like months and years ago that i can't i'm not allowed to talk about which is frustrating of course yeah because i want to be like this is this really cool thing and i can't (laughs) say anything so like there's a lot of really fun stuff coming i can say i have a few short stories one of which is in an anthology called Magic Without Borders, which I think is coming out next year. And it is all South Asian writers writing awesome. South Asian uh, folklore and mythology and stories, uh, contemporary stories. Um, and so that one's going to be really, really good. I think it's going to be really fun. That sounds awesome. Awesome. Well, I, I think we're basically at time at this point. We've, we've we've taken up enough of your time, but this has been <laughs> so much fun. We love having you on. Literally come back anytime. I know you are super, super busy, but we, yeah. again, we're, we're a podcast that we talk about all the stuff that you love because me and you have kind of the same taste. So um, <laughs> anything, any, if you want to come on back for a movie, you can come back, whatever you want to do. We'll, we'll talk. And hopefully uh, I know you're going to be super busy the next forever but we'll make it work hopefully before before we go i just yeah. have a question that relates to the books okay so we know uh, yeah. that I was, social... I was this close i was wrapping it up no no no, no, no. so because don't blame this is important me. this is this is the business right, side of things because that's is fine the business. so of course the first volume is coming out in a couple of days when is yes. when can we expect the the subsequent books uh this I, is the business end, i we gotta, think... you gotta I think the second one is slated for next year. Like I think we decided on a year between. Okay. I have I have an editorial note on the manuscript. My revisions are due at the end of August for book two. Oh Deadline. So, <laughs> so it's written-ish. It is it is a book, but it has to go through some steps. But I'm pretty sure next year, and I have already said this publicly, the villain in the next one is the spot. Oh, cool! It is completely coincidental that he is also the villain in the Spider Verse too. Like a hundred percent coincidence. Amazing! I was I like, I was like and, so excited, but also like, no. <laughs> and you didn't get yelled at, so that's good. Like you didn't get I, yelled at from from from. Sony. No, I know. <laughs> that's no always one nice. yelled at me. <laughs> yeah, that's always good to have. Uh, but <laughs> as I was trying to say, we are so happy that you're here. Yes. And before we let you go, um obviously let people know where they can find you where they can get the book if there's any kind of special place that they can get i don't know like a signed copy or things like mm-hmm. that yeah let them let the audience know and of course we'll plug it um through the article to this to this episode as well if you order before the book comes out on tuesday july 26th 
Um, I am doing signed copies. If you order from the store called Little Shop of Store, Little Little Shop of Stories in Decatur, Georgia, um, I'm oh, signing books for them. And you can find me basically everywhere on the internet at Run with Skizzers, S K I Z Z E R S. So that's like Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, all of those things. And if you like, if you are a Wheel of Time fan, I have a podcast called Tar or Bust, where my friend and I are rereading the books along with like dealing with the TV show. I deal did deal. Everybody. I like dealing with. By the I way. reviewed the first episode. I thought it was or two. It was all right. It's pretty decent. I didn't. Read <laughs> I guess books. if you're a book fan, you have to deal Listen, with man. No, no, no. I liked. I liked the show. I did. I liked. I. I thought it was a very strong adaptation. Um. <laughs> I I don't know if that is like go watch it or like eh. no watch it go watch watch it it. and and where and where can people find you on Twitter I know unless unless I missed that part no I did say it but I'll say it again (laughs) yeah just keep plugging it keep plugging it away you are honestly one of (laughs) my favorite people to follow on Twitter like you are I just I just started following you I'm like wow this is this is she is a very proficient tweeter there's a lot of information I'm getting eclectic. better than mine mine. i feel like it's like oh i'm like here's all the like causes i'm gonna retweet but also here's all the like shit posts i'm gonna put up and also here's all of the books i need you to buy so i can eat um (laughs) run with skizzers (laughs) s-k-i-z-z-e-r-s awesome uh well you can find me at al manorino on uh twitter and instagram i just took photos of uh the weekend for nj.com uh you'll see my photos of jack johnson uh at uh, thepopbreak.com i'm actually busy now with concert photography which is great so i have a, a lot of other cool stuff coming up and hopefully can share about share that soon uh but yeah that's that's it for me i don't know what else i'm doing i'm busy bill All right. As always, check out thepopbreak.com. We've been doing this for 13 years come this September. So thank you for everyone who's been along for this journey. And hopefully if you're discovering us for the first time, check out thepopbreak.com. We talk about movies, TV shows, comic books, pro wrestling, music. We're at concerts all the time. We have a whole network of podcasts. Um, So check us out at thepopbreak on Instagram at the pop break on Twitter, uh, our podcast, of course, you could find us on all your favorite uh, streaming platforms for the socially distance podcast. We also have such hubs as pop break TV and the Breakcast, where we have all sorts of podcasts talking about TV um, and anything in between. We have a rush podcast. If you're really into prog rock, yeah, it, it, we got a lot going on as yeah. for me. Yeah, I know, I know. It's a monthly podcast. I thought Tarvel and her bus was a hyper specific. No, podcast. no, I'm not on that one. Uh, but uh, so, as for me for podcasts, I do this one, of course. I'm also the co host of TV Break, which drops the first thir- Wednesday every month. And I am the Bill versus the I am the Bill in the Bill versus the MCU podcast, where famously I've never finished the MCU because I got burnt out at it, uh, burnt out by it. And then uh, I lost my job a million times, had a kid, fell behind. So I've just finished Endgame. Excuse we me. did a three and a half hour podcast where we talked about Captain Marvel, Endgame, and Far From Home. It's myself and our podcast editor, Alex Marcus. Yes, we talked for like 90 minutes about, uh, no, we talked about two hours. We talked about Endgame and how I cried for the last hour. It was so great. <laughs> so follow us again, follow Pop Break at the Pop Break on Instagram and Twitter. So for Al Manorino, for Preeti. Thank you so much. My name is Bill Bodkin. Thanks for listening to Socially Distance. We drop every single Friday. Mm-hmm.